Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to the big show. He could go
couple of tackles. And welcome to Cold War Radio, ladies and gentlemen, live on our home base, WAAR. We are America Radio, your number one source for streaming political and government talk anywhere. We are also testing on weareamericaradio.com slash live. I'm Hutch Bailey Jr., deep down in the bunker in my Smith & Wesson studio in the city of Pittsburgh and straight out of ATL, Atlanta, Georgia, Miss Stacy Rush. Good evening, Stacy. Good evening, Hutch Bailey Jr. and everybody out there listening on War and Spreaker. I hope everybody is having a lovely, lovely Thursday. I am ready for the week to wrap up, and what a week it has been. This, this is going to be a, this is going to be a good one, ladies and gentlemen. I got to tell you, it's not going to be a feel good show, but we're going to put out some information you're not going to hear too many other places. Please follow me on Spreaker, like the Facebook page, facebook.com/slash Cold War Radio Two A's. In war, you can catch the show on Blueberry, Roku, uh, YouTube. Cold War Radio is a proud iHeartRadio program. You can get the Cold War Radio app on Android or iPhone. Just type in Cold War Radio in your appropriate store. It's free. Uh, the email to the show is scrtv at live.com. The call-in line tonight is still 412-567-1460. I know I promised you the new system, but there was... A lot of bad weather down south, and the person that's going to install it just got everything back together tonight. He's doing a test tomorrow, and we're going to install it on Saturday. Uh, so, And the new, uh, do I have it with me? The new number is going to be 412-567-2449. So uh, we'll broadcast that uh, as it gets available. Uh, a lot of new features, automated uh, answering service and everything. That's all up. I know it wasn't before, but it is now. Anyway, the chat room's up on Spreaker. Uh, go to steelcityresistance.blogspot.com. You can catch the show notes there, which you're probably going to need tonight. And if you can help, hit the donate button on the right-hand side. But above that, and more importantly, become a Cold War Radio patron, and we'll really extend our uh, services here as much as we can. Now, like I said, this isn't going to be a, a real feel-good, but it's going to be a very important program. And uh, if you're... Well, I'll get to that when I get to that. Let's just say that uh, we all heard that Stephen K. Bannon was removed from the National Security Council, and, and of course that was embellished. That wasn't true, Stacy. He was uh, taken off the principals committee, but it, it had to be fun being in the reporter pool today and watching Stephen K. Bannon walk in and attend the <laughs> meeting of the National Security Council. Say, hey, guys, how you doing? That is hysterical. I just saw that up um, in a news story a little bit right before the show that he attended the first meeting after, and I think it's great. I love the way he trolls. He's the be- he's uh, one I of the too. best. He is. He, he's, he's something, and he's he's not a. I mean, he's not an impeccable dresser or anything like that. But the thing that caught me is some of the reporters were saying things like, "Well, you know, they wanted uh, they wanted military men." on that committee you know they, they didn't want polit- politicians they wanted uh-huh. Stephen k bannon's a military man yeah he's a he, big time military man they they continue to underestimate him and and i think that's that's at their own peril and uh i, I agree he's he uh, is he's a fantastic fantastic mind um on top of that now getting back to basics and some simplicity here uh one of the one of the parents of a fallen hero from benghazi said, you know what, just get Susan Rice to take a lie detector test, and let's be done with it. And I'm thinking, 
wow, I'd never even thought of that. That's something. I mean, she'll never submit to it, but it's just something that she lies every time she opens her mouth, and yet people are still defending her with a fire that is. I mean, these, especially CNN. Uh-huh. CNN has 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 thrown the whole bankroll in the pot, you know, and they're getting ready to roll snake eyes. I know. I, I just, it is amazing to me. Um, and I'm going to be honest, I haven't really been watching a lot of the coverage on, on other networks or really on any network of, of all of this Susan Rice. I've, I've been reading some articles about it. I've been seeing some social media posts, but, you know, my understanding is that we're now starting to hear people from CNN and, and places like that defend what she did as if it's some sort of normalcy. And and this couldn't be further from the truth. And I think one of the things that's most concerning to me is that this is where our society is. That, you know, if you're on our side, it doesn't matter what you do. You know, and and I and what what they what she's done, what the Obama administration has done by politicizing our intelligence agency, it's 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 all it's a constitutional crisis. This is really is. bad for our country, and the fact that you have so many in the media and so many Democrats and liberals who will just dig in and defend, it just shows the true nature of what they do not understand about what makes this country great. That's so true, and, and you know one of the one of the facets of that, uh, Daniel Greenfield Field uh, wrote a, a a real good piece at Front Page Magazine, and basically what he's saying, and he's he's correct, the Democrat Party has morphed into something that is that is under. Uh, there's a civil war underway. There haven't been any any shots fired. There's only been a few shots fired so far, but if you think about it, the left, the Democrat Party, has refused to honor power when it's not theirs. They have they have tried to legitimize the last three Republican presidents that they've actually come out and just, well, that guy doesn't matter. Uh-huh. You know, and you look at their actions and you look at the media, especially CNN. CNN is a banana Republic media. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is absolutely to that point. They are propaganda. And, and you know what's interesting to me is after uh susan rice's name was outed you know there was no coverage for what the at least the first 24 hours for from all of the main networks cnn abc uh cbs nbc nobody really said anything and i guarantee you if you go back and look at what they're saying now they coordinate CNN might be the worst of them, but they were behind the scenes getting their words together, getting their talking points together, and then they all go running with the same exact story. And it's very frustrating because it's something that we don't do on the right. We never do it on the right. And yes, they have a bigger arm of the of the mainstream media there. But like you said, they never stop fighting. They never stop trying to get their positions move forward. And they they do it at any cost. And Republicans still continue, have all three branches of government and still find themselves flat-footed. It is just and, amazing to me. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, but one of the things that you said is spot on. Uh, we don't know how to fight. Mm-hmm. And and a perfect example of that is is Nunes stepping down from this Russian thing. Absolutely. It, you did, you've never seen anybody on the left ever step down from any position. I know. Susan Rice stayed in prominence after she lied to five Sunday shows, after a guy went to prison for something he didn't do. Mm-hmm. 
the guy that made that movie. Did he ever get out of prison? I mean, yeah, he, you know, I, I just read the other day that he happens to be out and he kind of lives in poverty and fear at the moment. That guy ought to sue the government. Mm-hmm. He ought to find where's that? Where's the lawyer? Go find him. That's guaranteed payout right there. That guy got man. But, you, you know, you never see Adam Schiff isn't, isn't stepping down. You know, none of these people do. They stay in there. We need to learn how to do that. I know. You know now you, you got Sessions that stepped down. This guy stepped down. This is this is getting out of control. And it and it really when when Nunez stepped stepped down, I just I just went off went off the rails. But that's the one thing. The reason he stepped down is back to the first point that we're going to talk about later, and that they never stop fighting. This is they have these leftist organizations throwing ethics charges against uh, Nunez, saying that he has uh, a problem with 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 uh, heading the inve- investigation into Russia. They are very coordinated. They know exactly what they're doing. You look at the judges stopping the travel ban that Trump has the absolute authority to put into place. Civil war. It is. It is. And they are, like you said, there may not be a shot fired, but they they are doing exactly what they said Donald Trump would do if he lost the election. And That's they are doing right. it, and no one is holding them accountable. And, and I'll tell you what, Republicans and... and- With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, conservatives and, and Trump endorsers like myself, we better get in this fight or we're going to freaking lose it. You know, if we don't get in this fight and start acting like adults and take what's ours, we're going to lose it and we don't deserve to have it if we don't defend it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to go into something right now. This is uh, this might hurt some feelings. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to try to with Stacy to deconstruct something, uh, and I want everybody to know this because it explains a lot about what's going on, and we have to we have to get to the point where we're not uh, blindly following and thinking that uh, you know everything that this administration does is correct and everybody that's around them is uh you know all squared away and everything because it's not like that sean are you on the line no all right the phones aren't working right now so i'm just gonna i'm gonna drive on here uh but this is from the american thinker uh, by an author named karen mcquillan and it's entitled bannon kicked off national security council by squish on jihadis now i spoke about this guy when we did the episode entitled the generals But I'm going to do it again because it's getting thicker now. The news of the week is that Trump's second pick as National Security Advisor, Army Lieutenant General McMaster, has kicked Steve Bannon off the National Security Council. Well, we know that didn't happen, but we're going to go go with this article anyway because the rest of it's important. The White House is spinning it to the effect that Bannon's job there is over since he doesn't need to keep an eye on Flynn or because Susan Rice has been outed or something. There's a lot. There's a lot more to this story, with McMaster emerging with more power. This is not good news. The deep state operatives in the Obama administration knew what they were doing when they targeted retired Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, President Trump's first pick as National Security Advisor. Flynn was one of the strongest, 
most honest voices in Washington on the threat of Islam's jihadi ambitions. Although President Trump declared what happened to Flynn very unfair, he fired him anyway and appointed Lieutenant General McMaster a Bush-Obama squish on Islam. McMaster's first action, heading the Trump National Security Team, was to order staff not to use the term radical Islamic terror. This is after he's appointed by Trump, ladies and gentlemen. He claims that ISIS is un-Islamic, and he even urged President Trump not to say the words radical Islamic terrorism in his speech before Congress. Trump ignored the advice. McMaster and Bannon clashed big time in mid-March with Bannon and Jared Kushner winning that round. Perhaps part of the answer is here. The deep state at the CIA is working to push out Trump's anti-jihad appointees and replace them with Obama holdovers. McMaster is cooperating. From the Weekly Standard, as reported on FrontPageMagazine.com about that clash three weeks ago, over the weekend, a personal dispute within the National Security Council between the National Security Advisor, H.R. McMaster, and senior White House aides Jared Kushner and Stephen Bannon was eventually brought to President Trump himself. As Politico reported Tuesday evening, Trump overruled McMaster, who had sought to move the NSC's senior director of intelligence programs to another position, reportedly after weeks of pressure from career officials at the CIA. Some of those CIA officials, the Weekly Standard has learned, were pushing for one of their own to take the job in Trump's White House. The CIA career officials had targeted a Mike Flynn appointee and wanted to replace him with an appalling Obama holdover. The question is, why was McMaster pushing the deep state Obama choice? The current NSC official is Ezra Cohen-Watnick, a 30-year-old former intelligence operations officer with the DIA who was brought into the Trump White House by the former DIA director, Mike Flynn. McMaster had interviewed a potential replacement for Cohen-Watnick, longtime CIA official Linda Weisgold. Wait, can I interrupt you for one second? Absolutely. Ezra Cohen-Watnick, one of the sources for Nunez? I think so. I think it's coming up later. I'm not sure it's possible. All right. Continue, Uh, Mr. (laughs) Bailey. Who is this Linda Weisgold, whom Trump's new national security advisor, McMaster, was trying to bring in over the objections of Steve Bannon and Jared Kushner? None other than CIA Office of Terrorism, Obama Flack, who drafted the false Benghazi talking points that the 9-11 Al-Qaeda attack was merely a spontaneous protest over a video. Let that sink in, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus. Matter of fact, I'm going to read it again. Who is this Linda Weisgold, whom Trump's new national security advisor, McMaster, was trying to bring in over the objections of Steve Bannon and Jerry Kushner? None other than the CIA Office of Terrorism, Obama Flack, who drafted the false Benghazi talking points that the 9-11 Al-Qaeda attack was merely a spontaneous protest over a video. I, I find that this is absolutely appalling. And, and according to this article, Trump overruled McMaster on Weisgold. He overruled Mattis on Patterson. But it's a ridiculous situation. Top appointees shouldn't be bringing these people through the door, period. Lee Smith at the tablet has a list of some of the Cretans that have gone through the door. Smith is no fan of Trump, but the list of people who are still on there 
but shouldn't be, is hard to argue with. Bannon won the clash, as reported on March 19th. April 5th, Bannon is out, and McMaster is stronger than ever. Who picked McMaster to replace Flynn? McMaster is not a worthy successor to Flynn. He is the opposite of everything Trump is supposed to believe in and promised the public regarding the jihadi threat. Serene Kim at the Gatestone Institute. Flynn has long argued that the West is a civilized a civil is in a excuse me civilizational clash with Islam, and that they are and that the war on terror must be expanded and intensified to reflect this reality. By contrast, McMaster emphatically rejects the notion of a clash of civilizations. His statements on Islam are not materially different than those of former former presidents Barack Obama and George W. Bush. Flynn had this to say about radical Islam. We are facing another ism, just like we face Nazism and fascism and imperialism and communism. There, this is Islamism. It is a vicious cancer inside the body of 1.7 billion people on this planet, and it needs to be excised. Flynn Warren asked the people in San Bernardino or South Florida or the relatives of thousands killed on 9-11, we're either going to win or lose. There is no other solution. I believe we can and must win. We have the wherewithal, but we lack the will. That has to change. It's hard to imagine it happening with our current leaders, but the next president will have to do it. So Flynn was pretty solid on it. Flynn was solid on Islam, no question about it. And then we get this McMaster guy, and I warned about this uh, a couple weeks ago when we did the generals. Uh-huh. You, you know, McMaster you believed... You were spot on, Hutch. You saw this coming from a mile down the road. And that ain't all we see come. Wait, wait. And, and ladies and gentlemen, I apologize that we're reading through this, but it's the only way to convey this. This is so important. I almost never do this anymore, but I, I think you're going to understand. McMaster believes the exact opposite of Flynn and the exact opposite of President Trump. He is an enthusiastic follower of Obama's policies on the Islamic threat. He thinks the terrorist ideology is irreligious, nothing to do with Islam, folks, move along, and preys on the undereducated and that we should work with the Muslim Brotherhood. Well, let me tell you, General McMaster, the leadership of the Muslim Brotherhood starts out in the Muslim Students Association, which means they're being educated in American and English universities. Uh, McMaster believes... He thinks a terrorist ideology, uneducated in that, we should work with the Muslim Brotherhood. McMaster publicly endorsed a book that called on U.S. military commanders to kiss the Koran <laughs> and ceremoniously present it to Muslims with a humble apology. I mean, come on now. I'm speechless. Uh, in 2010, McMaster enthusiastically endorsed a book entitled Militant Islamist Ideology, Understanding the Global Threat. Now, this is really important. Abu Anain's central objective is to urge American policymakers to distinguish between militant Islamists, such as members of the Islamic State, and non-militant Islamists, such as members of the Muslim Brotherhood. It, he, it, ought be, it, he ought, it, to, be, he ought to take his commission. Absolutely. That's stupid that he does not understand what's going on with the Muslim Brotherhood. I, he hasn't studied it. I mean, it's out there for us to see. 
I just I you know, can't get over that this is the guy that's in charge. Yeah. I, I, I can't get over it. Abu Anain also suggests that if an American soldier ever desecrates a Koran, U.S. leadership must not merely relieve him of duty, but offer unconditional apologies and emulate the words of Major General Jeffrey Hammond, which Abu Anin quotes as exemplary, I come before you Muslims seeking your forgiveness in the most humble manner. I look in your eyes today and say, please forgive me and my soldiers, followed by kissing a new Koran and ceremoniously presenting it to Muslims. <laughs> this is a United States Army general that has the highest education that you could have. This guy went to military school and high school. McMaster's endorsement of the book, which appears on the jacket cover, reads, Terrorist, this is his endorsement. Terrorist organizations use a narrow and irreligious ideology to recruit undereducated and disenfranchised people to their cause. Understanding terrorist ideology is the first and may also be the most important step in ensuring national and international security against the threat that these organizations pose. With his own words, McMaster damns himself as a threat to our national security. McMaster is correct that understanding terrorist ideology is the first and may also be the most important step in ensuring national and international security. What he misses is that there is no such thing as terrorist ideology. We're facing a jihadi ideology, deeply embedded in traditional Islam. Our enemies are not the undereducated and irreligious. They are radicalized Muslims. Man, oh man. I know. And, and you know, I'm going to go on, if you don't mind, and continue reading this. Absolutely. Uh, we need Steve Bannon to be fighting for us. Absolutely. And the fact, and I'm sorry, this is me going off script. I'm sorry, but the fact that there is, is rumor and innuendo that he's becoming less influential in Trump's uh, circle is very disturbing, given what, what uh, Hutch has brought to you guys tonight with this article. Okay, so we need Steve Bannon to be fighting for us because McMaster's is not alone, and not alone, if McMaster was not bad enough, not alone promoting Obama operatives uh, in positions of power and authority in defiance of Trump's objectives. At defense, we had General Mattis wanting to bring in as his top advisor at the Pentagon, Ann Patterson, Obama's ambassador to Egypt, an infamous pro promoter of the Muslim Brotherhood, and the least popular American in all of Egypt. At the State Department, Tillerson has promoted the beautiful Sahar, and I don't even, can you help me out here with the last name? Smith, Smith. <laughs> to be in charge of the Iran and Persian Gulf region, a woman who worked for a Mullah front group, then helped Obama craft our sellout to Iran. A trusted Obama aide who once worked for an alleged Iranian regime lobbying group is one of the most <clears throat> is one of the individuals in charge of Iran policy planning at the State Department under Rex. Tillerson. So let that sink in for a minute. And the her name is a definitely an Arabian or a Middle Eastern name. It's like Sahar now Ruzadei. Yeah, like that. that's that's probably close. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> so Sahar, the Iran director for, for former President uh, Barack Obama's national security. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Council has burrowed into the government under President Trump. She's now in charge of Iran in the Persian Gulf region on the policy planning staff at the State Department. To make matters worse, uh, Sahar is a former employee of the National Iranian American Council, a nonprofit that is accused of being a lobbying group for the Iranian regime. Uh, NIAC's current president, President Trita Parsi, has long held close relationships with top officials in the Tehran in the Tehran dictatorship, in February, a group of over 100 prominent Iranian dissidents called for Congress to investigate NIAC's ties to the Iranian regime, and she is in charge of the Iran and Persian Gulf region on the policy planning staff at the State Department. It's crazy, man. I mean, I hope somebody, somebody from the Trump administration is listening to this, sir, Mr. President. Get in your plane and go somewhere by yourself. Uh-huh. Go, go, go with a couple people. Go with Bannon. Go with a couple. Get away from these people. They're 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 they're, <laughs> they're setting you up, man. You remember that scene in The Godfather, where the guy comes up and says, uh, "Hey, uh, you know what's going to happen?" He asks his father, "What are they going to do?" Well, they're going to come to you. Somebody that you know is going to come to you and say that the enemy wants to set up a meeting. But don't worry, I'll set the meeting up. I'll take charge of security. Remember that. That's what this is. They're setting you up. And I and I, when we need to continue on this, but I think everybody is probably out there thinking right now, how does this happen in a Trump administration? I never saw this coming. Well, what he ought to do, what you said before the show, what he ought to do is set the White House up down at Mar-a-Lago. Get the hell out of D.C. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's where all these people are from, and they've been there. Uh, the Trump team has, has selected Brett McGurk, McGurk was the point man on Obama's pro-Iran policy, famously arranging for Iran to get $400 million in cash delivered on wooden pallets to the IRGC in exchange for American hostages. Remember when the Trump administration promised to make public the secret agreements that Obama made with Iran? McGurk signed some of the secret documents. Notably, none of those documents has actually been made public. Who shortlisted the soft-on-jihad McMaster for Trump to pick as Flynn's replacement as top national security advisor. Why has Secretary of State Tillerson kept on and promoted Obama's pro-Mullah Iran specialist to lead our Iran policy? Why did Secretary of Defense Mattis push hard to hire Ann Patterson, the Muslim Brotherhood's greatest ally in Egypt, who carried out Obama's project to push out our ally Mubarak and put the jihadi brotherhood in power? Lee Smith at the tablet calls the Trump team Obama's foreign policy wizards. What's really bizarre is that the Trump team keeps blaming damaging leaks to the press on Obama holdovers when the Trump team is hiring Obama holdovers. They may have caught Ann Patterson before she got past the velvet rope, but Obama people staff key positions elsewhere on Israel, Iran, ISIS, and Syria issues. 
which makes sense since the policies they are tasked with carrying out are so far exactly the same as they were under Obama. I give you Trump the last couple days. Mm-hmm. He's being advised by the enemy. Mm-hmm. Whoever queued up these disasters does not deserve Trump's trust. That McMaster, as Trump's head of the NSC, won't say the words radical Islamic terrorism is disqualifying. This betrays every campaign speech President Trump ever made. Trump says he'll drain the swamp. His own appointees and cabinet members are filling it up with Obama loyalists. And a hat tip from uh, Front Page Magazine, or correction, American Thinker, to PowderlineBlog.com and FrontPageMagazine.com. Stacy, that was that was just I I I, I, the, I can't think is 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 he getting buffaloed? Do these, do these heads of the departments not know what they're doing, or is this a plan? I, I mean, I, I don't know how to answer it, because this was eye-opening to me in the first place. Um, it is not surprising, Hutch and I were talking about this before the show, that you do have so many people that are of this mindset in the administration, and that is because that is all you get in Washington. When you look at, at who voted um, in D.C., it was like something like 98% of the citizens in D.C. voted Clinton. for Hillary Clinton. So right. it is it is going to be um, a certainty that you are going to have these type of people within your organization. But I, you know, I know he can't do everything like i know he can't have his fingers in every single thing and he has to depend on advisors to do certain things but when you look at how flynn was taken out and this guy has replaced flynn and then what i was uh, bringing up earlier too about mcmaster when he was trying to bring in um uh the person that he wanted to replace cohen and if i'm not mistaken cohen had something to do with the nunez uh, discovering of of this information um, that we're dealing with with Susan Rice. So had they been successful and had Bannon and Kushner not overwritten that appointment, was that part of this whole plan? And I'm throwing a huge conspiracy theory out there. Like, did they want to get, get McMaster's person in there so that Susan Rice's use of the intelligence agency and the Obama administration's use of the intelligence agencies for political purposes would not have been discovered. Um, and when you look, when you look at these things, this whole Syria thing that we're about to go to war yeah. over comes into focus a little bit more. You know, you look at who the people are. You know, I watched this General Keene, who I usually like, on Fox News explaining, uh, he was asked, do we know it was Assad who did it? Well, uh, we have eyewitness reports on the ground. Well, if you listen to this show, you would know that those neighborhoods are infiltrated with white helmets, with people that are for Erdogan and that are for the terrorists. There's no media, there's no objective media where people that come out of the areas that the invaders, they're not even, they're not even rebels. Half of them aren't even Syrians. You know, these are people from al-Nusra and, and other... You know what? We're going to play a clip right now. This is a, a woman named Carla Ortiz, and she delivers a powerful speech about Syria to the United Nations, and I think there's a bunch of Muslim guys because they, they don't have enough manners to be quiet while she's talking, but you can still hear it. And this is from a, an organization I just found, and clearly they're, uh, they, they back the Syrian government, but that doesn't, uh, that doesn't negate everything that they report. It's Al-Masdar News, sometimes abbreviated AMN, an online news aggregator founded by Leith Abu Fadal and based in the United Arab Emirates. Al-Masdar means the source in Arabic, 
The site has contributors from Syria, Iraq, Yemen, and elsewhere. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed is our our uh, our media coverage of international events is about as bad as our intelligence. Uh, so let's uh, Carla Ortiz is a Bolivian actress, producer, documentary maker, philanthropist, and activist. And, and what I want you to listen to is especially is at the end. It's about four and a half minutes long, but it's really uh, she was in Syria. And if you've never seen any pictures or video of Syria, you can go to the show notes links. You click on the link for this story, and uh, a video is in the in the link. So uh, let's let's listen to uh, uh, Miss Ortiz. It's an honor to be in your presence in such an important issue, which is uh, human rights. And thank you for letting me share my testimony uh, with all of you. We all know about the horrific stories. In, a, in the war in Syria, but yet we do have the choice to turn the news off or put the paper down to go on with our lives. I went to Syria because when I turned off the TV, I could not turn those images of my head, thinking that Syrians don't have that luxury. I needed to do something, so I decided to go there and document it myself. Once I was in Syria, I walked 75% of the country with my team. I was in Malula, Dareya, Damascus, Aleppo. Um, I went to Tedmore, Palmyra, <coughs> Latakia, Homs. I was there. And I saw with my eyes dozens of neighborhoods transform into ghost cities. I experienced the deadly silence of its empty streets. I dined with a family without knowing it was going to be their last meal. I drank coffee in homes that no longer had a roof, but their hearts were still full of hope and generosity, thinking that the presence of a Western, it was so important and they were thanking me that I was in their land. They would even give me their last loaf of bread that they had for their meal for the rest of the week. You also here need to know that Syrians still are waiting for us to do the right thing. From the child in Palmyra that was forced by a terrorist to kill his own people in order to save what was left of his family, to the 14-year-old girl that saw her mom being raped several times after her younger sister was taken by these groups for sacred jihad. They still hope that we will, for once, decide to help them as human beings. I saw also the face of terror, the face of Daesh, and what it really does to a child and a woman before she even becomes one. Maybe some of you don't know what is the sound of the cry of a little boy that has just testified the murder of his parents. Well, I know what is the sound like, and every Syrian knows this as well. I have held in my hands and my arms mothers crying the death of hundreds of children after a terrorist attack. I had to walk on top of their body, pieces left on the ground, and leave that child crying that won't let go of my hand because he thought I looked like his mother. So why are we deaf? How many more conferences do we need to have to understand that our policies and our actions have been completely ineffective? 
that human rights continue to be violated, not only in Syria, in Yemen, in Iraq, in Somalia, and on and on? Why is, is it still more important to topple a government than to put an end to terrorism? Let me tell you that there is a real opposition in Syria and outside of Syria, but they don't carry weapons. They don't want more blood. I spoke with some rebels who told me that they have been absorbed by the strongest forces, terrorist groups like Al-Qaeda, Al-Nusra, and ISIS. We should already know that every time we allow to send weapons to the rebels, most of the time they end up in hands of these forces. So my question is, do we really care for the Syrian people or is that we are worried much more for our political and diplomatic interests? The United Nations, the human rights, is supposed to be the government of the people, regardless of its size or importance in the economic world. So the most important thing I wanted you to get out of that was uh, the fact that Every time that we said, I say we, that's John McCain, Lindsey Graham, Tom Cotton, these kind of people. Every time they, they send weapons and they start waving the flag about taking Assad out and, uh, you know, helping the free Syrian army. She told you right there, all the weapons go to the terrorist. We're, we're, we're arming ISIS. That's what we're doing. We've been doing it since the beginning. The free Syrian army lasted about two weeks until al-Nusra took it over and actually took their weapons. You know, and this is something that's not new. Uh-huh. I mean, and we continue to do it. And now you have one of the things that you should understand is when when you see Lindsey Graham and John McCain coming out praising the president, yeah. telling him, oh, he's going to look at his his military commanders and the staff, you know, the staff that we just outlined in the last segment. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's going to listen to them and it's going to be OK. And I think we should ground their Air Force. OK, now, John. And- and listen to when CNN jumps on the bandwagon, it's like they want us to get into World War Three over here, too. They're all like, yeah, yeah, look at this. It's all Assad. We have to, you know, we have to do this. We must have a regime change. I don't know. I don't know. This now, is just- think about it this way. Think, think about it. These people all hate Donald Trump. They do. How easy would it be to trick him into going into Syria, follow John McCain's plan, mm-hmm. set up a no-fly zone, shoot down a Russian MiG, and now we're in a 10-year war, and Donald Trump will see you. You can't be president anymore. Come on, Donald. You got to take a trip. Go somewhere. I know. He's Clear gotta, your head, man. I, I, Clear your head. When you, when you run on, when you, when you have been, you know, even his public policies have been talking about staying out of the Middle East issues. When you have been having that as your core belief, when you ran on, not getting into wars where we or not going in and trying to change regimes. And then all of a sudden you come out and do a 180 and you do it after a chemical weapons attack that, that Assad on emotions and, on as, emotions. As far as I can tell, he has no benefit. Assad gets no benefit for using chemical weapons. No. Why would he have done this? But you know, sure, there's, there's pictures of kids that are all torn up. Yeah, we know that. But you don't know Assad did it. No, but they, you know, they sure do want you to believe they know it. Right. I'll tell you what. You, you get the United States into another war that doesn't have anything to do with our national security, you're out of here, pal. 
Uh-huh. I'm telling you, you, people will drop you like a hot potato, including me. You know, I'm just saying. I'm just. I, we elected you not for that. We've had we've had freaking 16 years of that. I know, and he we, has been talking about that for years. And you're going to go in there, and you're going to listen to these people. I just don't know. I want to know, like, what what that article was talking about. Who put McMaster's on the short list to replace Flynn? Right. Because he wasn't even a four star. He's only a three star. Flynn was. Flynn was. In this, on the same exact wavelength as Donald Trump with staying out of these wars, with with making sure that we are fighting radical Islam, Islamism, whatever, however you want to call it, and now now he's doing a 180 after this guy has been put in charge. I just I, the guy's got to wake up. He is being set up, or uh, he's being two days. Two days after we declared that the Syrian people were going to decide what happened to Assad. And then all of a sudden, chemical weapons attack, attack happens. Why would Assad do that when Tillerson just said, it's not our business? Right. Why would he do that? Because you saw some pictures of some kids bleeding out. Do you know how many kids have bled out in the last eight years? I mean, you, you said that we shouldn't go to Iraq. Saddam Hussein killed thousands of Kurds with gas. Mm-hmm. Not twelve. He killed thousands. You know. Anyway, I'm not trying to get on. I'm not trying to get on the president. I'm just. I, I hope. I hope. I just hope somebody gets to him because this doesn't look good to me. It doesn't smell right. Speaking of which, you can go into research room at SteelCityResistance.blogspot.com. The very top link at the research room is an article about this smells fishy. You know. So check it out. It it, it shows you the pictures of these kids and these victims that are hit by sarin gas, which is nerve gas, ladies and gentlemen, and none of the people that are working on them have any protective clothing on. Uh-huh. They're, and they're touching would, their bare skin yeah. with bare hands. Absolutely, because they would die. And why would exactly. they do that? You know, it just it makes absolutely no sense. None of it does. I, I agree 100%. Now, Bashar al-Assad, on the other hand, is saying the only way to win is by victory, by military victory. So he's not... He's not he's giving not, up yet. Yeah. He's not helping his case. <laughs> no, he's, but I think he's getting painted in the corner. I, I just don't see there's too many things. I hope some, some solid evidence comes out one way or the other, because what we have right now is not solid. I'm not trusting anybody. I want some real evidence. Uh, and then we come back home, and is the Trump era really already over? You know, from Front Page Magazine, and again, Daniel Greenfield, one of the most respective uh, Shulman journalists, journalism fellows at the Freedom Center. Uh, but he goes and he, he talks about Maxine Waters, called President George W. Bush a mean-spirited man, George H.W. Bush, a mean-spirited man who has no care or concern about what happens to the African-American community in his country. And this was at a National Press, press Club rant. I believe George Bush is a racist. And then she tepidly backed Bill Clinton, even though he, like most whites in America, are not good enough on the race question. But the point is, Dan Quayle asked for an apology, and she's like, no, I'm not giving you an apology. You know, I don't apologize to anyone. You know, and the point of the whole article, because we're running a little short on time here, Stacy, is that the left never apologizes. It never expresses any regrets, and we fall down every time uh, Bill O'Reilly, you know, apologized to her for telling the truth about her hairdo, that it looks like James Brown. 
and it does look like James Brown's hair, and and there's nothing to apologize for. I mean, he did because he was getting ripped over the coals, uh, raked over the coals. But I'm with you. We apologize for everything. You look at what Nunez did with stepping down. It is an they are at absolute war with us. 24 7 365 and the republican party still does not get it they continue to let they continue to let democrats set the agenda and it i'm sick of it and i think most people are sick of it i would i would have rather nunez nunez stayed on the the panel i don't care if it's a distraction they the reason they're calling it a distraction is because there is some there there and we need right. to keep marching forward and fighting every that, single that, day. That might be another reason for this serious thing. I don't I think I think it's two different things, but it could. Sean from Kelly, what's going on? Hey, what's you on doing? your mind? Uh, I'm just irritated with all these Democrats, man. I hear you, Hutch. I hear you. I think it's time we just, you know, started getting rid of all these Democrats, but we go after the leaders. All the Democratic leaders need to go. The Democratic Party needs to be dismantled. And then we have to go after the GOP traitors like Paul Ryan, John McCain. All these people need to go. And well, Trump well, does there's something to say. There's, there's something to say about that. There is. I mean, and, and if you had a, a really dynamic attorney general, I'm sure there are crimes, real crimes, that you could find committed by the organization where you could start a RICO a RICO case. That, that's uh, really asking for a lot. But Stacy, what do you think? No, I'm with you. And I, I agree with you that they need to, to go. But where are the American people in making them go? They're, the voters in Arizona and the voters in Wisconsin are sending these guys back, as do we. We send our representatives back over 90% of the time. And then we sit around and go, why isn't anything changing? Why did why are why does this continue to happen? Because you may like your guy, but your guy needs to go. Unless your guy is Trey Gowdy, your guy needs to go. Or your gal needs to go. We do. We can get them out. It's called our vote. And until we really start paying attention and really get these people out of there, really start putting our our money where our mouth is, because they don't answer to us. They answer to their donors. Yep, that's true. You're right. And we need to get rid of these people. And it's, it's almost to the point where we're escalating to a civil war. And Hutch and you are right. If we don't stop them right now with our vote, it's going to turn into an armed conflict where everybody dies on both sides. It's going to be bad. It does. I can, it's not I'm going to be call it right now. No, That's I know. I, I, I agree with you. Hey, uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. No problem. But, uh, you know, one thing about that, if that ever happens, though, you look and see who's got the guns. It's not the left. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, I'm telling you, I would be all for all these stupid liberals in California and New York. Go, secede. I don't care. They'd be coming back begging for help if they left. I am telling you. I, I just, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all this crap. But, you know, the problem is, is that Republicans tend to do practice what we preach we really are about live and let live i really don't want to shut down the opposition but the left that's all they want to do and they spend 
all day long figuring out ways to do it and we don't and and so what do we do people like Cernovich who come out and and are a little bit tough to take sometimes we throw them under the bus Bannon we throw him under the bus and these are the people that are effective because they know how to fight like the left nope you're right big rich 30 seconds man what's going on not much. Stacy, I agree with you. I think they're trying to set oh up Trump. Oh, my God. Rich, Rich, <laughs> listen, we need to celebrate I, it. Yes, listen, they're trying to suck in Trump to go into this war, and it's just a big smoke screen, and I think they're trying to break up the relationship that Russia has with um, with, with this Iranian uh, president. With Assad. What do you think? It, well, and, and it's interesting you say that because they – Russia did come out already and said, you know, that their backing of Assad is not unconditional. So uh, it, it's it, that's a, that's an interesting perspective that, that there's something about the regime change that both sides want. And, and Hutch could probably speak to that a lot more intelligently than I can. Um, there's a reason that they want regime change over there. Um, and and I, I just can't I don't know enough about it to speak about it. Hey, Rich, thanks for the call, man. We got to go. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll pick it up next week. Stacy. I don't think we're done with this one. We'll see what happens over the week. Uh, but uh, how can people get in touch with you on social media? You guys can always reach me easiest on Twitter. I am at DiscoveringMe40. Don't give up hope. Uh, don't give up faith. We can do this. We've just got to get smarter about the way we do it. And you can reach me at The Right Rush on Gab. Thanks, Hutch. Uh, thank you, Stacy. Always a pleasure. And... Jacob Seals playing Never Lose Faith is a nice little segue into that. Thanks, everybody, for listening live. And in the chat room, those that called up, I appreciate the patience on the phone system. Wayne Dupree program coming up next, 9 p.m. on rsbn.tv and Spreaker.com. I'm Hutch Bailey Jr. on Facebook, Berg's Eye View on Twitter. Again, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast or wherever you listen to the show from. If you listen... From overseas, especially at an army garrison or military post, send me an email, scrtv at live.com. I'd love to honor you on the show. Again, I'm Hutch Bailey Jr. on Facebook, Berg's Eye View on Twitter. Thanks for letting us into your life for about 55 minutes. God bless. Jacob, take us out of here.